Welcome to Continuous Plays, The Art of Slaying, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer retrospective featuring Brian Thomas. This is probably my favorite Buffy episode of the whole series. And Jay Newcastle. I mean, seriously. Okay, I got real problems. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is the copyright of Fox Television Studios and any discussion of the characters, episodes, or music is strictly for entertainment purposes only. Welcome to The Art of Slaying, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer retrospective. I'm Jay. And I'm Brian. And we're here to talk about Season 4, Episode 7, The Initiative, written by Douglas Petrie. Riley's interest in Buffy has developed into a full-on crush, even though he denies it to his two close buddies, who both can see that he likes her. While he sorts all of this out, Spike, who was captured last week by the mysterious commandos, we find is being held prisoner in a high-tech facility underneath UC Sunnydale. He's told by another vampire that was captured in the first episode that they will attempt to drug him with tainted blood once they've starved him to near insanity. As it turns out, good old Riley is an agent of this military-like demon-hunting crusade known as the Initiative, thus the episode name. And it also turns out that Professor Walsh is in charge of the facility, which performs experiments on demons that the commandos capture. Spike manages to escape and heads to find Buffy, who he assumes is behind all of this. Instead, he finds Willow, but when he tries to bite her, he experiences extreme neurological pain. We learn that the initiative has put a chip in his head that renders him unable to hurt any living thing. If he tries, severe neurological pain induces. Riley and his commandos in full gear find Spike at Willow's dorm and attack, but Buffy shows up and a big fight breaks out in the hall. Buffy sets off a flare gun and a fire extinguisher explodes, impairing everyone's vision so that Buffy and Riley never actually see each other. And in the chaos, Spike escapes and the commandos retreat following a beating at the hands of the Slayer. And that is the episode summary for The Initiative. So, Brian, our our questions are answered. The commandos are trying to neuter demons. That's That's what we now know. That is what we now know. And I'm curious, I don't remember, but do they actually ever spell out that the commandos are the initiative in this episode? I mean, do they actually say it? Yeah, they they do spell that out, that that's what they call it. And that, to me, is sort of, you know, that name can be so many different things, but the the theme of this is, and this is the bigger theme that the Buffy writers have decided they want to tackle this year, apparently, is this idea of Buffy lives in a world of magic, and she herself is a bit magic, right? What happens when science tries to control magic? I mean, is that what they're going for here, you think? Um, that's a good question. I, it, to me, it seems like they're just trying to neutralize the threat. Right? So they're implanting these demons with yeah. neurological, neurological sensors so that they don't bite anyone. So they're just trying to neutralize the threat so that maybe these beings can live among us and not be a harm. I don't know. That seems what I get out of it. That facility is pretty expansive and impressive, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. If that's been here as long as it would have had to have been here to operate at the level that we see it operating at, where the heck were these guys at the Ascension? And oh, the, like I know they probably didn't invent them plot-wise, but let's just look at it from the world, the Buffy world thing. Where the heck have these guys been? Or they, is that supposed to be a comment like it's always the government that gets involved at the last minute? Yeah, they were uh, busy on the other side of town. <laughs> yes, a good, that other side of town. It's a good question. I mean, it's it does seem. I guess, I guess that's the same answer as where was this college? Or maybe, or or maybe, maybe they just got funding from the government to start doing this kind of testing. We don't know that they could have just all of a sudden been formed uh, by the government to handle this threat. 
All right, am I am I reading this correct now though that this is you know, the the big mystery this season so far the only one really carrying forward has been who are these commandos right and now that we have the answer I don't know Brian I kind of feel a little let down by it it's just not terribly exciting no you would like the uh, the big mystery to be a bad guy <laughs> not people yeah. fighting kind of on the same side uh, it it seems yeah I agree it's kind of a letdown. When Riley, Graham, and Forrest are going down to the initiative, and they do the eye scan, or the vocal scan, and they say, initiative vocal code match. So that's when they first announce the initiative. Yeah, but, you know, at the time, you don't know what the heck that is. It's it's in that big reveal in the open that you see that Riley is more than just some graduate TA frat boy wannabe Iowa kid. Yes. You know, that him, him and his buddies who, have we ever seen these guys before? Yes. This episode, I can't remember them. I believe okay. we have. I believe we have. Uh, w- they're Riley's friends, so I think that we've seen at least we've seen. I think Forrest once. I'm not sure about uh, Graham. Okay, but I, I'm just saying they, they kind of they never had lines if we saw them before, and now they have a, a ton of dialogue. So immediately, I thought, well, here's two new characters to now follow because clearly this, you know, if you're in more than one scene and have more than one line, you matter at least just to that episode. That's the rule of this show. And then they get on the elevator to hell, and and we all know, you know, it opens up into the big warehouse underground. And I'm I'm going, man, Sunnydale has the best underground of any town in the world. They have that whole sewer system that's massive. You can hide snakes in and all sort of demon and you know, the vampires can travel all through town with it. And Spike's got his tunnels that collapsed a freeway. And then you now have the initiative with their big demon warehouse. Yeah, it's good times. Yeah. I mean, the laser field, uh, force field glass on the, uh, I guess those are aquariums for vampires or demons. I don't know. I mean, I saw a bunch of weird creatures. I thought the the facility they held him in was very interesting, and and they're glass, right? So how is the other vampire able to talk to Spike through it? It should be kind of soundproofing, I would think. Yeah, well, no, they're like air holes punched oh, in. Oh, that's it, right. <laughs> and I, and I guess there's some of them that need air, so the vampires would be the exception to that rule. But because there are like other squid demons and other things in there that maybe actually need oxygen, so I guess that's how they get away with that. But I wondered the same thing. I said, why do we have holes in the vampire glass? They don't need air. But it's so that that other vampire can tell Spike, don't drink the blood. And that's you know the the whole bit. So. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about Riley. I mean, he's sort of the the center point and the linchpin of a lot of what happens in this episode besides Spikes. Let's let's talk about old Riley here. He's got the crush for Buffy and he's doing the the standard issue rom-com thing where he denies it and his buddies are like, "Dude, she's hot. Go out with her." You know, like they're they're almost setting him up to be another Parker. Like, "Look, man, she's cute. Go with her. What's the what's the big deal, right?" Yeah. And he's going, I don't know. I mean, is she all there? I mean, what do you think? You know, and he's he's been working that angle for a bit now. And I don't know. I kind of bought it, though. I kind of bought that he he would, would be reluctant around a girl like Buffy because there's clearly something about her he doesn't get. Yeah, I, I'm not sure about that. I think he's just kind of one of those. He plays himself as the calm and cool, shy guy. You know, until he's a commando, when then all of a sudden all that gets thrown out. But uh, in his personal life, he's kind of a shy guy. And I think that's just how he is. And he just doesn't realize his feelings until they're right there in front of him. 
Well, yeah, and uh, that is a, an interesting contrast because when they get on that elevator and they do the scan and they get down in the layer, you know, and it's it's commando time. I mean, he's like James Bond. You know, he's he's got his whole tag, or not James Bond, he's like a SWAT commando. You know, he's Hondo in there running his guys around, and they're all, yes, sir. And I, I'm going, okay, this is clearly not military, but these guys all look like they were pulled out of the military somewhere along the way, and, and they've got that regimented sort of look and training and all that stuff, except for Riley's hair, which I guess is part of his cover. <laughs> they can have that, that mop on his head, uh, which is so indicative of the time period, but... I, it was a. It's interesting to see, but that Buffy would would make him, I don't know, be a little more sheepish and nervous than he really is. Because his real personality, I feel like, is when he's the commando. I think that's who he really is. This other thing is an act. Yeah, I'm not sure. That's a good point, and and it makes sense that he's trying to portray something else above ground and and be someone else in the group or in the initiative group. I guess that makes some sense. You, but you don't know. I don't know that you know which one is his true self. I would tend to lean on it being more of the shy guy and that he's kind of uh, just trained to be the other guy when he's in the initiative, you know, because he's he's from Iowa. It's nice people, Midwest town, grown up, being all nice. So it would make more sense to me that he's not the roughneck that would be more of the the soldier kind. Well, you know what? That's a good point, Brian. Let's hold on to that and kind of as we watch Riley through the rest of the season, see if how it plays out. You know, we're both reading it a little differently, but I think either way is fair interpretation right now. I, I want to tell you though, the way he decks Parker is just hilarious to me. I mean, that's that's the that's a romantic comedy gold moment. That's what you want. The guy with the heart of gold knocks out the jerk. I like that whole bit too, and where Parker's just there. There, you know, guys are, are seeming like trying to get on his nerves by saying how they they would take you know Buffy out. They they deal with her, you know, and then Parker comes up and they kind of basically ask, you know, what's with this Buffy chick, you know, and he goes on about how he you know was able to score with her pretty easily, and but she's after the fact, no big deal, and that's when Riley punches her, and I thought that was a a, a funny tidbit for having him do that and that's when he kind of realizes that he likes her after he knocks out the guy who's making fun of her yeah i guess i do like her i just decked that guy yeah you know and i mean that's the whole moment of the whole thing but that's kind of the last time he does yeah. that because the rest of the episode he's being pretty tough because he, that he that's the role he's in but i do i did think that was neat that he he you know he talks to willow for advice which you know poor willow who's just crushed right now is trying to oh yeah she likes cheese right. and all this you know all this other stuff she's trying to tell him about buffy and she's trying to still be a good friend but you can tell willow's still pretty screwed up yeah but i liked about the the whole thing i really enjoyed this episode for that interaction between willow and riley because he's going to her that's her best friend and he's trying to pull all this information to kind of get the courage to ask her out or do something that she likes to impress her and you know willow's being a good sport about it and riley knows that he's infringing upon her space because she's had this traumatic event that's just happened to her and he keeps catching himself but he can't help but keep asking it's kind of a fun dynamic that they have like he knows that he shouldn't be asking willow all these questions because of what she's been through but he can't help it because he's so infatuated at this point and i like the whole interaction that they have together throughout this episode because it's it's just funny because willow's the one who's distraught but you would think that it's riley who's the one who's distraught right because he keeps going back to her i think you've pointed out that that's good for 
it's it's good to watch her sort of work through the pain and have to get back into the routine of life and stuff. And of course, you know, Riley's a complete goofball when he tries to talk to Buffy, you know, the whole, did you read the chapter? And I was like, what a That dork. was my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Some yeah. theories, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What a, what a funny one. And yeah. he didn't know what to say after that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Was, you know, just got, got nothing, you know, so it's, it's all he's had. And I love that he keeps striking out. Like, he keeps thinking he's doing the right thing, but he screws it up somehow. And then every time you see him back on the couch, like, sulking and Willow's in there, like, oh, don't worry about it. You know, we'll try this next. And whatever you do, do this, but don't do this. And, da, da, da. and then he does the Ron thing, of course, and comes back in there, he's sulking on the couch again. I, I just thought it was a funny little piece of the of the episode. Probably the only endearing piece there. Yeah, and and when he tries to ask her out, Xander shows up to talk about unfinished business, you know, which of course is telling Buffy <laughs> right. about Spike. But that that to me was funny because Xander is the block now. Well, what I like too is that he he uh, when Xander does come, he's like, great, uh, he she just ran off with another guy. <laughs> so he's already down on himself for not being able to get this whole thing right. Now she leaves with another guy that he doesn't even know. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't know Xander. And here's the thing. You know, if if you're to believe, like you're talking about, that Riley is really this shy guy and not terribly confident and stuff like that, that's a little bit of Xander. You know, he's got that little bit of shimpish way about him, but ultimately he is, there is a lot more to him. You know, Xander's pretty, pretty sure. much is what he is, which is a loser, but he's got cool friends and he's a loyal guy. Riley is kind of this, doesn't know how to really act and react and can't really get a read on Buffy, but underneath he's so much more. But he's, you know, we've seen Xander get the block from Buffy and now he's a part of a block for another guy. I just thought that was funny because they're so similar up to that point in Buffy's life. That's kind of who Riley is, is another Xander. Right. And we can talk about Spike too, because Spike is really uh, the other focus of this episode. We see him, of course, trapped in the, uh, glass cage that he's in and he's uh, ready to drink the blood and the other vampire says don't do it here's what they do to you and then he's got to try now to devise a plan to get out and he does a brilliant plan by basically pretending like he drank the the blood attacking the scientists when uh, they pull him out and put him on the gurney to try and take him to do some tests and of course he lets out the other demon or the other vampire that's next to him um, it, there's some funny lines in there I thought that that were good but uh, overall he gets out and basically thinks that he's good to go and he believes and i love the line he says i always wondered what would happen if that bitch got funded just fantastic line <laughs> of how buffy thinking that yeah. she got money and this is what she's doing with it and now he's going after buffy so he goes to buffy's uh dorm room and of course she's not there but willow is and this is probably the funniest scenes in the whole episode between spike and willow when he tries to attack her and he can't and they play off the whole impotence angle for vampires and just great stuff i like that whole part of it well, back up, back up just a minute. I I love the escape that Spike pulls because I I mean the minute you see him laying on the floor with the blood and they're coming to get him out, like he totally is scamming these people because that is what Spike would do. Right. You know, he is a scam guy all the way, and he's looking for an advantage. And sure enough, they get him on the gurney, and boom, he goes into kung fu action hero mode. And I I love that line too about the government thing. That's hilarious. 
And I love, though, that he automatically blames it on Buffy. So it tells you two things. Well, yeah. One, Spike, Spike is relentless. You know, he, he is hard to capture and keep down. So he's going to keep coming. And two, he is absolutely obsessed with Buffy oh, yeah. at this point. And, and I mean, in a big time way. And so he's going after Buffy. And then the, the whole, I'm going to tell you, they could have played that a different way, the whole impotence bit and stuff. But it is so funny. And it's made so funny by the way Allison Hannigan is trying to, like, again, she's playing comforter. Like, right. Well, no, it's okay. I'm sure you can try again. <laughs> right. She's trying to, when she it cuts, to say, is it me? Is it my fault? Did I do something wrong? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. She blames herself, you know, which is what Willow would do. It's so funny. You know, hurt Willow. That's what she would do. And yeah. I love the fact that, like, when they made the cut he's going in for the bite so at commercial break you're like oh man and then right. it's only later that you find out that oh no that's not the way it works it's great you know willow the, the whole willow piece there is is fantastic she's she's gone through all these traumatic events she's now had to support riley in his quest to get buffy now spike comes in and he can't bite her so now she's like what the heck nobody wants me i'm not even good for vampires but then what i really like is that it, it, when she finally realizes what the hell am i doing why am i helping him and then knees him in the balls and takes off right she finally comes to her senses like oh what am I doing? And get it. I thought that was kind of fun too. The other part with Spike that I really liked was was his interaction with Harmony. And Harmony's in there for a short bit oh. too. And she basically is decorating their old lair. And he comes back and she's pissed at him because course he's left her again and the last time we saw they saw each other he kind of put a stake through her heart trying to kill her which didn't work because of the ring of uh mara but i just really enjoyed the the line when she's when he's telling her oh i love you baby it's gonna, gonna be different and she says spikey just let's leave the slayer alone you know all she'll do is slap you around and i can do that and i love that line because it's so true it's like she everyone sees that spike what are you doing you haven't got the best of the slayer yet why don't you just cut your losses just live your life stay out of her hair so that you actually live and you know we'll just hang out and we'll we'll be happy together and no he, he's oh, got to see it. that that would never happen <laughs> yeah that would never happen because because in spike's mind Buffy has cost him everything. Somewhere he blames her for the loss of Drew, her and her crew. He he blames her for all of his plans getting thwarted before. He blames her for Angel's way of life. He he blames her for everything. And now he's and falsely, by the way, has, is accusing her of having a government commando right. in it now <laughs> to do her dirty work for her. Now that's ridiculous. He should know that they would just be out staking people. But anyway, it's it's a revenge motive. When you're blinded by revenge, you you can't see you know, the obvious truth that this is another threat. And Spike, again, is blinded by this need that he cannot let somebody get one up on right. him ever. And we've seen that for the whole run on the show that he's been on this show, Brian, since season two. He can't stand it when somebody gets one up on him. Remember the anointed one when he was oh, trying yeah. to, you know, back him, bow down and all that stuff? What did he do? He staked all the vamps and raised him up into the sun. I mean, you know, it, it, this guy does not play by those rules. And when you try to enforce them on him, it ticks him off. And then he goes yeah. nuts. And he goes back to Harmony because he's got no other choice. He can't eat. He is dying yeah. without something and that that's huge and i i think it, she gets some some real comedy in there 
at the behest of moving the plot forward. And it's, it's really cool. I loved it. Yeah. And I like how she's, you know, burning his, his belongings up, up above ground when Xander and them come at yeah. out and they're like, Oh my gosh, it's harmony. And she's all like mopey, mopey, wants someone to, you know, help cheer her up and basically let's loose that spikes back and they take off. And that's, that's a funny moment too. I, I like that. Yeah. But I like too that whole interaction between Xander and her, her, her harmony is uh, when they start fighting with each other and they're both girl fights. It's slapping each other and kicking the shins. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. That was perfect for Xander. I, I, I thought that was funny. I thought it was perfect for Xander. Yeah, that is. <laughs> well, what'd you think about Professor Walsh being looped into this too? Like that almost felt like the universe was collapsing on top of itself. You know, everybody goes to school together. They're in the same classes together. They do everything to get that that almost felt a little too convenient but it does explain why we've seen so much of her yeah. she's not going to be a mentor to Buffy you know that was the the false lead in the first six episodes was she going to be the new Giles and clearly she's well, at least not right now we don't get that feeling no and I, I actually thought it was a smart move because we have seen so much of her and it kind of made sense to that why uh, it made sense to us why Riley was the TA there and why they they know so much about each other he keeps dropping hints about Professor Walsh to Buffy and the gang as they converse throughout the, the first several episodes and so now it makes sense why he knows all this information why he he's the TA, why he does all this, why they spend so much time together, that kind of stuff. So I didn't mind that she becomes kind of the lead of this. It, it made sense when it actually happened to me. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. It's, it's interesting that that's the direction they take, and it'll be neat to see how that unfolds over the next few episodes. Brian, we're at the point of the podcast where we give our dustings rating for the episode. So what's your dustings rating for season four, episode seven, the initiative? Well, you know, I gave it, I'm giving it a two dustings. You know, it gives us more information on the initiative and the commandos that we've been seeing throughout this episode, glimpses of, and it gives a kind of a direction to the season ahead. But the episode as a whole is pretty weak. There's nothing else that re you really gain from this other than Riley's interested in Buffy. Maybe that'll spawn into something. And really they have their first um, interaction with each other as far as groups go when with the whole flare gun thing and everything else, um, which I thought was kind of a cool bit where she shot the flare gun at them and they couldn't see. And yeah, I thought that was kind of a good way to get them to in front of each other like that and not tell who they are. So other than that, though, the episode's very weak. There's some funny moments, but overall, I could have skipped this one. So two dustings for me. Well, I would say I want to skip it, but I think it's unveiling important stuff. And I don't know that I like it yet, but I learned things in yeah. this. And I get some stuff from Spike that I, I really like. I like pretty much everything he's in and the stuff with Willow. And I'm going to tell you, it's not my favorite thing, but compared to some of the stuff we've sat through so far, it's a step above where they've been this season. I'm going to give it a, it, it's a weak three dustings, but this is three dustings for me, this episode, Brian. I just think it's, the fights are good. I do think the reveal's a little weak, but I'm, I'm curious enough to want to know more about how this works. What's this chip? How does that work? You know, I want to, I'm curious enough to want to ask questions at the end of this thing. So for me, it's not one that I feel like I could skip. I would want to see it. If I'm going to start season four, as a matter of fact, as someone who's seen Buffy several times, and I'm, you know how I do at the wrap-ups, I'll say pick these episodes out, and these are the ones you can just watch to kind of get the mini season. I would almost start with this episode because I think it's a place to start um, if you know who the characters are already and stuff, and you just want to kind of work through the main weave of of things. So I'm going to give it three dustings. It's not strong three, but it's it's a stronger episode than what we've seen so far from the show. 
Well, thank you for joining us in this latest episode, folks. We really appreciate your support. You can find more episodes in the archive section of our website, theartofslang.com. You can also see new features there. Brian is blogging there now and asking questions and things, so give us feedback. Let us know what you think. Find links to our Facebook and Twitter pages there, as well as our movie review podcast, Filmstrip. Until next time, for Brian, I'm Jay. Thanks for listening to The Artist. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is the copyright of Fox Television Studios and any discussion of the characters, episodes, or music is strictly for entertainment purposes only. Grr, arg. 